Well, it's good to see everybody. Missed you last week. It's good to be back today. I know we have others that are out traveling. Jeremy and Delena are sick, are ill at home, so keep them in your prayers if you would. I uh, saw on Facebook that uh, Andrew Rice posted a meme that said there's a very small difference between a sermon and a hostage situation. You know, didn't hurt my feelings. I, I, Andrew, they pay me to preach, not to stop. <laughs> when you're ready for me to stop, just uh, pop a few Benjamins. Uh, I'll consider it. It's good to be back with you. Last week, Jeremy did a great job finishing up 1 Corinthians 16. I was really heartened as he goes through and talks about the different activities that Wilshire is involved in, that, that your money, <laughs> that your contributions uh, make happen around the world. That's, that's always good to think about. And today, I want to kind of start a new series. It's going to be pretty short, but... Uh, it's one that I've had on the books since 2018. I just never have gotten to do it. God made you more is the theme of this series. God made you more than what the world keeps telling you that you are. The world <clears throat> has a plethora, many, many agendas about what they want you to be to serve their needs. And they will tell you, if you let them, they will tell you who you are. And they will mold you and fit you to plug into the purpose they have in mind for you. And the blessing of the word of God, the blessing of God's revelation to us in Jesus Christ and in his scripture is that we can know God made us more than any of those things that the world tries to tell us about ourselves. So today, I want to talk about this. God made you more than a sack of protoplasm, than a bag of carbon. You are fearfully and wonderfully made by God. That's what Psalms 139 says. It is you who formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, that I know very well. This is the psalmist just taking a minute to say, it's amazing that babies are born. It's astonishing. It is a work of God. I looked up just a few facts. It's mind-blowing. The moment of conception, the DNA, if you unraveled it in, in the fertilized cell, the DNA is taller than me, which is not a high bar, but it's actually taller than Doug and Cliff and Bruce. It's over two meters long. Within six days, the DNA in the developing embryo would stretch farther than the Wilshire Church building. 
By the time the baby is born, the DNA in the baby would stretch from the sun and back to the earth over 300 times. It's amazing. It's astonishing. One of the things that's, that biologists are working with now is, you know, DNA is a cellular machine. It, it builds proteins within cells. How do the cellular machines know where they are in the overall body structure, what's going on? And that's an ongoing area of research. Like, for instance, where does a cell know? How does a cell know where it is? Relative, is it, am I supposed to be building ears? Am I supposed to be building toes? Where, what, where am I? What's going on? It turns out there's a ruler, a tape measure, built into the developing embryo. This is, it's a chemical ruler. There's two chemicals. I can't pronounce any of them. Uh, retinoic acid. The closer a cell is to the top of the embryo, the head of the embryo, the more uh, concentration of retinoic acid there is. The closer it is to the bottom of the embryo, wherever that happens to be, the heavier the concentration is. I'm just going to abbreviate these. FGF and a chemical call or a compound called WNT. Anyway, so the more that your cell is bathed in one of those chemical sets, the more it knows where it is. And if they're kind of in the middle, if there's equal parts, then they know they're kind of in the middle of the body that's, that the cell is trying to grow. And there are rulers like that to govern how the embryo develops. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Get it? Now, I understand that people who are afraid of God or running from God or don't have God in their lives will say, how can you say God did that? It's a natural process. We know, I mean, we have gaps in our knowledge, but we know a lot about how that happens, you know, fertilization and embryonic development and, and fetus development. We know, we know tons about that. It's a natural process of cell development. I get it. People say that. Those of us who do know God say God is everywhere in that process. Because God is the creator of nature. Don't ever let somebody tell you that you look for God in the gaps in nature. And I know some Christians do that sometimes. Yeah, well, they don't understand this yet, so I bet that's God. Gaps in our natural knowledge. I, I understand why people seek that, but, but that's going to leave you with a tiny, tiny God and not the God of the Bible who says, I am the creator of heaven and earth. Without God, the creator of nature, there is no nature. There are no natural processes if there is no God to create and sustain nature for that to happen in. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. We just passed Thanksgiving. In our family, we kind of had a, uh, our daughter Elizabeth get, got us a Thanksgiving tree. I don't know if you've ever done that. It was cute. Little leaves. You write stuff you're thankful for, pin it on the 
or stick it onto the little table-sized tree. That was fun. I didn't put my body on there. I should have because I'm really thankful for my body. I mean, it's not the body I would prefer to have, but I'm really glad I have my body. I am fearfully and wonderfully made, just as I am. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, just as you are. God loves you, including your body, just like it is right now. Not 10 pounds lighter or whatever, 10 pounds heavier, or bluer eyes or blonder hair. God loves you just as you are. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Second thing I kind of want to point out Genesis 5, uh, if you have your Bibles, you could turn over to Genesis 5, verses 1 and 2. This is, this is a, an idea that's everywhere in Scripture, lots of places we could have gone to, to to bring it out. Genesis 5, verses 1 and 2, starting in the middle of verse 1. Genesis 5, 1 and 2, starting in the middle of verse 1. When God made humankind, he made them in the likeness of God. Male and female, he created them, and he blessed them, and he named them Adam, or human, when they were created. I just want to stop for a second. That's a, that's a tiny phrase. That's a phrase that we're very familiar with, created in the likeness, or created in the image of God. I just want to stop and, and ponder what that means. God made you in his likeness. God made you in his image. Don't let anyone tell you you are less than that. Don't let anyone tell you you are just a sack of protoplasm. God has a purpose for you that goes far beyond what your physical body is made of. That is so important. We, are, we live in a world where we are told, or some of us are told, that we are just big wet bags of carbon. That our brains are just big wet bags of neurons. That we're not here for any particular reason. Our lives don't particularly mean anything. When our bodies die, that's the end of us. And life itself is just one big accident. All we are is dust in the wind. And I'm glad I have the word of God to tell me the truth. That you... Whatever you think of yourself, God thinks you're his image on earth. God thinks the body you're in right now, the brain you have right now, the emotions, the desires, the passions, the fears, everything about you, God thinks you are his image on earth. 
That makes all the difference in the way you're going to live your life. If you think, if you buy the line that says you're just a sack of protoplasm, just a bag of wet carbon, then one emotion is as good as another. Hate is the same as love. They're just neurons firing. Protection is as good as harm. War is as good as peace. Why not follow whatever urges are in your body? They are there accidentally. They don't mean anything. You are just a walking tornado. Stuff happens, and then you die. But if you recognize the truth about yourself, which even without the Bible you kind of know is true, the Bible confirms it to us many times. You are God's image bearer on earth. Then it matters that you are loving rather than filled with hate. It matters that even when you are wronged, you find a way to forgive. It matters that you don't just let greed drag you around and make a muck of your life. That you actually learn to use what you have to serve yourself and to serve the needs of those around you. It matters that you don't use your body in degrading ways. It matters because you are the being on earth that God chose to be his image here. That's you. You are more than a sack of protoplasm, more than a bag of wet carbon. Turn with me to one more passage. This series is going to be a, a workout, so you're going to have to turn pages a lot. Turn with me to Psalms 8, verses 3 through 9. Psalms 8, verses 3 through 9. Psalms 8, verse 3. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you've set in place, what is humankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. You have made them a little lower than the angels and you've crowned them with glory and honor. You've made them rulers over the works of your hands. You've put everything under their feet, all the flocks, all the herds, and the animals of the wild, the birds of the sky, the fish of the sea, all that swim the paths of the sea. Lord, our God, how majestic is your name in all the earth. God created human beings for a purpose, and here's the purpose. What does it mean to be in the image of God? Here at least is part of what that means. 
You are God's overseer for the world. God created humans to oversee God's world for him so that we would be the ones, humans, not stars, not comets, not planets, not the glories of the galaxies, the beautiful things that God created. Humans would be the ones to do God's will on earth as it's already done in heaven. That's what that means, to be in the image of God. It means we are doing God's will right here, right now. When our money goes and helps missionaries in Togo, helps preach the gospel in that country, when it helps people in Russia, when it helps people in Ukraine, when it helps people in New Zealand, when it helps people right here in our neighborhood as it does week after week after week, Would you go and see somebody whose relatives are sick and you give them just a little bit of a boost because you're there? God's will being done on earth through you, the image of God. That's what that is. That's what that is. We are fearfully and wonderfully made so that whatever it is that God needs done in the world, We are the ones that God wants to use to do it. It is a glorious mission. It is a glorious destiny to be a human being. Don't let anybody tell you you are less than what you truly are. God made you more. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you so much for the bodies you've given us, for the lives that you have provided for us. And God, help us more and more as we grow stronger and wiser in your word. Help us more and more to recognize our joy is in doing your will, is in seeing your will done, seeing the hungry fed and seeing uh, broken lives mended and seeing people brought to Christ and seeing all the things that you wish were done to be done through our agency. God, give us the power increasingly to do your will here on earth as it is done already in heaven. These things we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.